This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to the Idea City Podcast. For more information or to watch talks online, go to ideacity.ca or check out the Idea City channel on YouTube. Hello, and welcome to Idea City on the Air. By the end of the next half hour, you'll be inspired and enlightened by the world's biggest ideas, innovations, and breakthroughs as you hear about them in talks from the planet's smartest people. Moses Neimer's three-day annual Idea City conference in Toronto has been called Canada's premier meeting of the minds, and we're glad to have your mind with us. In this episode of Idea City on the Air, genetic engineer Joseph Penninger shares his latest updates on his most recent breakthroughs and calls for medicine and art to work together. Now, let's join Moses as he introduces Joseph to the stage. So next we will hear from uh, Joseph Penninger. He's a genetic engineer. He manipulates genes. He and his team have discovered the master gene for bone loss on the planet. And his plan is to shut down osteoporosis. quite extraordinary, and as a sidebar effect, apparently, it also protects against breast cancer. Next thing you know, Joseph will be curing death. (laughs) Joseph spent a lot of time in Toronto. No, thanks for inviting me. I mean, so I wanted to update you more or less on some of the work we have been doing, so where we are. And being in Vienna, of course, you have to be exposed to Gustav Klimt. And for me, this painting has some fundamental meaning. Because first, in the Jewish tradition, there's the tree of life we have lost because we have been driven out of paradise. So one day, we grow older and die. Uh, but through fundamental understanding how we work, <clears throat> how the world works, what's actually not working if we get sick and how what we can do against it, we might gain back a little bit of life again. So a vision of a world where we, we all grow 90 or 100, and it's my vision, so I still score a goal playing soccer for the Austrian soccer national team, <clears throat> and then I drop dead on a heart attack. <clears throat> with healthy bones. So this painting has another meaning to me, because in Vienna, Vienna was, so in the 19th century, the, the center of the universe for science and medicine. And the reason was the Austrian emperor had decreed that everybody who died had to be autopsied. So this totally revolutionized medicine as we knew it, because all of a sudden it was not just people who were dying, but they actually cut them open and tried to figure out why they died. So this is what I do. So I try to figure out uh, how we work, how cells work. So this is a single cell. 
you know, how do we ever figure out this is working uh, in our brain? There are 90 billion of them. And of course, over the years, we learned how to uh, <coughs> find mutagens and, and diseases. <coughs> but at the end of the day, I think at least we reduce it to a, a problem we can solve. Uh, there's this genetics <coughs> and the four letters uh, of the genetic code is, is basically the code of life on the entire planet, which a code for plants and viruses and worms, and of course at the end of the day, humans. So this is what we do. We basically play on the piano of genetics to figure out, you know, what do the genes do? How do they influence, uh, you know, that they can get up in the morning? Considering I consist of trillions of cells, millions of them are dying every day, millions of them are born every day. So, so if you would have to construct a machine like this, which actually works for, for 90, 100 years, it actually would be a spectacular accomplishment, which of course as nature has done for us. And along the way, we learned some fun facts about the genome. So in the year 1990, we had technologies which would have taken us 2,000 years to read one human genome, which is around 3 billion letters. So now we can do this in an afternoon. This, of course, has totally revolutionized what we can do, what we can understand uh, in evolution reading basically disease genomes of people with cancer, rare diseases all over the planet. <clears throat> and just some little fun facts, uh, you would actually find that in this body which stands in front of you, there's only 10% human DNA. So the rest of bacteria and viruses and fungi will live with us. <clears throat> and another little fact is <clears throat> that only 2% of the genome we have actually code for proteins. We still have to figure out. So there's a lot of things to do. Uh, so we created a stem cell, and just the human stem cell was actually just published a month ago in Nature. We, we created the first uh, stem cell, which has a halved set of chromosomes. So a cell like this should actually not live on this planet. The reason why we do this is because having only one set of chromosomes <coughs> allow us to to play on the piano of evolution and basically make uh, millions of mutations in an afternoon. So we can now basically recreate on the whole genome level evolution in an afternoon by changing every gene we want and then ask the question, what do these genes actually do? So this is of course, based on lots of technology which came together, that we can grow stem cells, that there's sequencing, that you can actually read out the mutations again, uh, that we have, uh, you know, jumping genes like Sleeping Beauty, uh, HIV-based viruses we can use to actually mutagenize uh, genomes. Uh, this new technology, which is called CRISPR, which is actually revolutionizing at the moment genetics, which came out actually from bacteria, how bacterial genomes defend themselves. So you never know where you actually have to go to study. So all our mutations are repairable, barcoded, like in a supermarket. So we make mutations. <coughs> Since it's a single genome, every mutation we make is kaput. We make 50 million of them in one go, go to the sequencing machine and try to figure out how it works. <coughs> So in Europe, we have now started a big project uh, on essential genes for virus infections. And the reason why the European Union is actually giving us the money to do this is because of climate change. 
So the climate changes, and actually what comes with it is uh, certain insects, certain mosquitoes all of a sudden learn to live in Europe again, and they bring diseases and they bring viruses we've never seen before. So basically the idea is that we use our technologies to figure out how these viruses work, because if they really hit us, we more or less can do something against it. So we actually started to work on Zika virus, which of course has been in the news recently. We work on Ebola, Marburg is even worse than Ebola, so there's some nasty viruses around the high security lab, so don't worry, I don't have them in my pocket here. And yeah, the, the viruses which actually kill more people than Ebola, nobody talks about, which are endemic in some tourist regions, for instance. And we thought we have a little fun and work also on the virus which causes the common cold we all have. And of course, there's basically nothing one can do about it. So this is how it works. We take our cells, half the genome, make 50 million mutations, give the virus, we kill the cells, we mutate, and of course we find a gene which is essential for the virus to kill, then the cells live, we go to the sequencing machine, read it out, and here it is. So we actually found an essential pathway for the common cold virus to kill the cells. And the beauty of this is there's actually medicine out there most of us already taking, which can kill it. So at least in part, with these new technologies we have, we think we have figured out how the common cold virus works. Coming up after the break. All of a sudden, with these little crazy ideas in the little lab in the center of Europe, has opened, of course, now doors where we can actually model human disease conditions and then find possibly new medicines. Welcome back to Idea City on the Air. You're listening to Joseph Penninger speak about his latest updates and most recent breakthroughs. So we have this place, we created a, a playground of great minds, uh, of, of you know, little children like me who play, make the next sandcastle, have totally crazy ideas. And one of the crazy ideas of my colleague Jürgen Knoblich was this one, to actually make a human brain out of a stem cell. And so this is actually the image of the first human brain <coughs> created from a stem cell. And <coughs> this technology has, has uh, now exploded, because <coughs> basically every neurobiologist is using this, because they want to model autism, they want to model schizophrenia, they want to model epilepsy, the modeling glioblastoma, there are no drugs out there, the worst brain cancer you can imagine. All of a sudden, with these little crazy ideas in the little lab in the center of Europe, has opened, of course, not doors where we can actually play and find totally new pathways and maybe new medicines for diseases. So we got inspired by this, and to actually show you the first human blood vessels we grow, so we have not published this yet, so my student is actually doing this, so we can take a human stem cell and make perfect human blood vessels. With you know, the lining outside and inside, and how they look. And so why would we do this? So for instance, uh, diabetes. And one of the worst things actually happening, of course, with other things which happen to diabetics is the blood vessels change. 
So normally I have this, you know, this lumen, that the blood flows through the lining of it, and there's a lining outside, and this lining actually gets from here to this, you know, I'm exaggerating obviously, and, and so you can imagine this is actually gives the symptoms of diabetes. This is there no oxygen comes through, the blood cells cannot go through the blood vessels anymore. That's the reason why diabetic gets strokes, uh, you know, get blind, uh, lose their legs and limbs, or get uh, wounds which don't heal because the blood vessels don't work. So we thought this is actually cool. Maybe we can model diabetic changes in blood vessels. So this is it. This is normal blood vessels, and we have some magic mix, and actually they change totally. So all the drugs which are on the market, none of them works, but we actually found a medicine which could possibly help. So that's why we do this, to actually figure out disease, model human disease conditions, and then find possibly new medicines to make it a little better. And this is my little third update, as Moses already mentioned. So at that time, we had make a, made a mouse mutant, so this is what I do, genetic engineering. We do this since 20 years, make mutant mice from stem cells and ask the question what they're doing. And we hit the gene, which now called rank ligand, but it could have any other name. And when we mutate this gene, these animals did not have a single bone-eating osteoclast anymore. So a healthy bone is basically a cell which adds no bone and a cell which eats the bone away. And the balance between these two cell types gives us healthy bones. And actually 90% of diseases associated with bone losses because the bone-eating cells or osteoclasts eat too much bone. So we basically hit the jackpot finding the essential gene and this actually turns out in every species in this world which has bone. The central gene which takes a cell, you become a bone-eating cell. And because we have this essential gene, it's like a funnel. You can have 100 reasons of bone loss, you know, space travel, uh, being sick in the hospital, can't get up, uh, old age, osteoporosis, and all of them have to go through the funnel. So understanding this fundamental principle, how bone works or how it's built, uh, a medicine has been developed. It's now a $3 billion industry, so, <clears throat> so I actually get the glory and somebody else get the money, and I think this is actually perfectly cool because <clears throat> at the end, you know, who cares <clears throat> if we can help somebody? You know, happy if some other get rich on it. <clears throat> and, <clears throat> and this medicine has actually now been approved for osteoporosis, two injections per year. So, so far, it's still the best molecule on the planet, as far as I understand, to block bone loss. So, two times a year, a shot under the skin. Uh, just to remind you, osteoporosis is one of the most frequent causes of death in old age. We all will get it, because this is how our normal physiology is set up. So, all people walking, falling, getting to the hospital, contract pneumonia, can't get out of the hospital anymore. This medicine has been approved for metastasis to the bones. There's more than a million people every year who have cancer, where the tumor metastasizes to the bones. In many cases, it's the bone away, uh, since we can block bone loss. These people who have metastasis, they don't break their bones anymore, or patients with prostate tumors, for instance. Um, 
This was a study recently published, a really nasty tumor which grows out of the limbs, out of the bones. Uh, the only therapy so far which actually worked was amputation. So it turns out this tumor is totally hooked on the principle we found. Nearly every patient responds. So a tumor which was untreatable besides surgery become all of a sudden more or less healable. Uh, it works for osteosarcoma, but the a proper clinical study needs to be done. And along the way, we also figured out how the system is regulated by sex hormones. A bone loss occurs more in females because sex hormones regulate this. And the reason why they do is, is because the main function of this protein encoded by the gene is that sex hormones talk to the breast and tell the breast cells to grow and form a lactating mammary gland in pregnancy. And this is why women, when they're pregnant, actually lose their bones, so one tooth per pregnancy, because they're sucking out the calcium from the bone to give it to the babies. And this, of course, took us straight into breast cancer. Because that's the molecular principle in basically every mammal, as far as we understand in this world, how sex hormones drive the breast cells to grow. And so we have been working on this, and just recently a clinical study was actually published, and this was spectacular because, you know, if you go to Wikipedia, one in seven, one in eight women in North America will be faced with the diagnosis of breast cancer. 80% of them have hormonal-dependent breast cancer, and they get this medicine called tamoxifen, which blocks hormones, but actually 10% of them have broken bones within three years. So they actually started giving this medicine. The clinical study had to be terminated because of ethical reasons. It worked so well that it was unethical to not give it. And the, one of the benefits was actually the women who had this had a tumor and they got 17% uh, of them got less reawakening of the metastasis. So in essence, we're talking about... <laughs> so, so in essence, we talk about hundreds of thousands of women who don't have to go to the hospital. <clears throat> and then I, what I really want to do is prevention of breast cancer. It never happens. <clears throat> Since this is the principle of sex hormones, drive the cell into, into telling them to grow. <clears throat> we actually, for the last six years, we just published it two weeks ago, set up a model for <clears throat> mutation in breast cancer one gene. Just because a mutation Angelina Jolie had, and unfortunately many others, and it enhances, massively enhances the risk of developing breast cancer. So we have mouse models where this drives the breast tumors. And then we ask the question if this is the fundamental principle how sex hormones talk to the stem cells, even under these conditions of very high risk of breast cancer. So what's happening? And this is what's happening. We can nearly completely wipe out in this experimental model, even under conditions of mutations of BRCA1, the breast cancer occurs. <clears throat> so this is what I want to do. And we are setting up now a clinical trial with 3,000 women who are healthy, who are young, carry these mutations, they have around 85% chance in the lifetime to develop breast cancer. And the trial in five, six years, I can tell you, because we're just starting it, we just need to get it financed. The trial is simple, no cancer, or they do get cancer. <clears throat> and this is my other tree of life. <clears throat> this is my own cloning effort. And, <clears throat> you know, coming back from Gustav Klimt, 
figuring out how can we grow trees from little babies to young adults. So thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Idea City on the Air. Catch Moses Neimer's Idea City Conference live every June in Toronto or on regularly scheduled radio and TV shows throughout the year. And find hundreds of talks online every day at ideacity.ca. For more information about Idea City, find us online at ideacity.ca, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or youtube.com slash ideacity. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.